Welcome, Hunters, to the return of the Hunters Hub after our hiatus. Um, this is uh, your usual host, Fortuan. Um, uh, joined us, uh, joining us today, sorry, ugh, out of practice, uh, is co-host Haru. How you doing? Hi, it's just me. Elite game opinion talker, Haru. I accept this title. <laughs> I am from Reddit, and thus I think I'm better than all of you. <laughs> that might be stretching sarcasm. It, but <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> I know. Uh, and rejoining us today, the wonderful Morg Daddy. Hello. Heidi ho, daddy lovers all across the world. So, um, just talk a little bit in the beginning about um, Hunter Sub. If you notice, I didn't say an episode title or title uh, number. Um, we're not going to be numbering them anymore. Uh, we're going to just be calling a title. So. Today's is going to be called Fanning Out, um, so Hunter's Hub Fanning Out, um, because we have a couple reasons. Uh, the pseudo reason uh, is uh, we are becoming a more general podcast. Um, we are still a Monster Hunter community, but as every gamer, Monster Hunter is not our only game, so I figured it's a good idea to spread out, and Monster Hunter News isn't going to sustain a weekly podcast anymore i don't think uh at least not for me <laughs> oh yeah and haru um so you know i kind of thought yeah, we needed to change things up and go a little more general and talk about some other things too uh you know to keep us fresh and actually have opinions about stuff other than hey um i didn't hunt today neither did haru oh okay we're good <laughs> so uh but i still love doing the podcast so this is a monster community still, but we can talk about other stuff too. And we always did. So why not just do it? <laughs> yeah, um, we definitely, definitely always did. Yeah. So, um, that's one reason. And the other reason is, um, the, uh, topic for today is, uh, talk about fanboyism and fangirl, you know, if you, if you want to be, PC friendly. So, um, and later in the show, we're going to talk about fanboys. All right. So, what we like to start out with is um, we're going to talk about games we've been playing uh, throughout the week, and you know, other other things. Uh, uh, possibly bring up some some news that we like and uh, would like to talk about too. So, uh, Gorg, uh, Gorg, <laughs> Morg, <laughs> we'd yeah. like to Gorg. we'd like to start off with you. How 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 have you been doing this week? Actually, I've been really really busy. Um, just uh, trying to stay ahead of the algorithm with YouTube. Um, playing a lot of uh, a lot of Switch games. Um, Pokemon Go came out a couple of months ago. Smash came out recently. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just trying to stay on top of those. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I just recently got into uh, another uh, Discord with some old school uh, monster hunters so like been playing a lot of for you um yeah it's okay been really really busy actually um surprisingly enough actually even went uh, got back into world a little bit uh, finally got the temporal mantle beat um helping uh, people beat behemoth uh, it's been actually quite fun real fun say um oh, how awesome. is that pokemon game because i think i feel like a lot of people are just sort of sleeping on it or i feel like it just kind of washed us by um, it's kind of interesting, because, like, um, it's, um, 
it's it's pretty good. Like it, it's good for a lot of like the people who enjoyed the classic games, but like the feel of like a new generation style play. So it's it's got a lot of the um, it's got the basic Pokemon like Pikachu yellow version um, storyline, and then it uh, it incorporates a lot of like uh, Pokemon Go uh, generations six through seven style play. So you get to keep all your TMs. Um, uh, you don't really fight the Pokemon that are in the wild, but you get to catch them. Um, yeah. Using like uh, the the remote control actions and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of it's it's a different way to play it. It's I think definitely a good. It's a new direction for uh, Nintendo and for Game Freak to go, and I think it's actually a pretty fun game. Yeah, I almost feel like because. Uh, uh, to answer your kind of question, Hara, I think people are sleeping on it because it's yellow, again. Yeah. Like, didn't we just yeah. get a yellow remaster like five years ago or so? And like, yellow is pretty much a reskin of red and blue, which that's been remastered, I think, twice. Um, exactly. Uh, that's you know, it's it's, gosh, it's really playing on the nostalgia of the Gen Oneers in quotations. Um, but I think what this is is more honestly a sort of test run for the new Pokemon mechanic, which I think is integrating the Go into the main series. So it's like yeah, a it's, sort it's of a Pokemon Switch Ground Zeroes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely opening up um, op- options and opportunities for probably a new style of play for a new generation of games. So yeah. It's kind of been getting a little bit stale with the way that it's been playing in the past. Like it's been yeah. pretty much the same game since since day one. So it's nice yep. for them to try and like change things up a bit and kind of like a ref- make it a little bit more refreshed. But it's still it's still like right. turn based combat, right? It's still like four moves, and you have to teach go through all yeah when you're actually fighting. You yes, yes. Yeah, I feel like it's still going to be basically the same because they've. Because they've added nice things in, like, Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire, and mm-hmm. we don't remember them they anymore because they, they took them out of the next game, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, Sun and Moon, they introduced, like, riding Pokemon and that kind of stuff, so you get rid of HMs. Yeah, like you, I mean, there's all sorts of quality of life changes, you know, like a lot what Monster Hunter goes through is the huge improvements of quality of life really helps the game. Uh, I think this was sort of like the dry run before, you know, we get, what is it, Gen 8? Or yeah, 9? that's correct. Yeah, I yeah, think we're Gen... on Gen 8 right now, yeah. So Gen 8, which I assume we'll be hearing about this year? Yeah. Which, I mean, I think the Direct said it was going to be this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, not the, yeah, the Direct from E3. So... We'll, we'll, we'll see there. So is is that all you've been playing? Um, I've actually also been, um, like, grinding out GU. Like, I've beaten the game, and I've beaten a lot of the monsters. Um, still have yet to mm-hmm. beat Latreon, but, like, everything else I've beat. It's just mostly been um, just gathering quite a lot of footage, just playing with a lot of people online, um, getting examples of, like, um, the how-tos of of the game as well as like um developing like interesting sets that other people could you know afford to try out like different styles of play um yeah just opening up a lot of opportunities for like um kind of like reinventing the way that you can play gu because there are a lot of opportunities and avenues 
for playing the game. Like, because you have 14 different weapons and six different styles, and then you have 205 different skills. That's Mm -hmm. that's quite a lot. Like, that's some really deep waters for for you to be able to dip your toe in. Like, most people will just go, oh, it's just Valor Longsword, Valor Heavy Bowgun, and you've eaten the game. And I'm like, no, there's... You can you can take it to a different avenue and just like have fun with the game. You don't have to, oh, yeah. like, you know, Dark Souls it. I I um I very much enjoy the uh, Adept Greatsword, and yeah. I I soloed Adokah the first time with Adept Greatsword. My goodness, that was a crazy fight. Uh, I, I think I talked about it on the podcast before, where I was like, no potions left, down to a slither of health, and it was swinging in on a, on a risky attack and I killed him with like seconds left on the clock. It was the most nail biting experience I've had on top of the fact that my whole family was watching me. <laughs> so mom, dad, brother, grandma, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> like I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was sweating. It was, <laughs> it was a, it was a fight, but uh, yeah, yeah. You don't, well, I was going to say, like, you know, you got the 205 skills. Let's be honest. I'm going to say a less than half of those are going to be honestly useful, though. Like, you can build, like, oh, I have a, uh, what is it, cold-blooded build, but it's not <laughs> It's not yeah. going to change your play that much. Well, yeah, from the start, you can... It's not, it's not going to do anything for you. From the start, right. you can divide by three, because they have three levels, unless they added more with G-Rank. Right. Uh, of the That's base hunter too, yeah. And then, like, a, a good portion of them are just, like, combined skills. Like, for example, like, Brutality is all... It's nothing more than just, like... I think it's, like, Expert Plus 2 and um, Tenderizer. Which, I mean, like, it's convenient to have that all into, a, like, a 10-point skill. But, I mean, yes. it, it's pretty much just the same skills put into one. Oh, sorry. I thought yeah. you were talking about Hunter Arts. You meant, like, skill skills. Okay. Yeah, yeah, armor skills. Yeah, like, arm, armor skills, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, Har, what have you been playing? Um, it's kind of strange for me, because I haven't actually been playing a lot of video games, but I have been trying to trying to play Dungeons & Dragons. Uh-oh. <gasps> we have I a... love D&D. Is this please, your first time? Please. Uh, yeah, no, I've never... Well, I think I dabble in high school, but I never really understood how to play... And so sure. I'm going through the rule books, and I think the aspect of it that it interests me gotcha. more is sort of like the storytelling aspect and like planning a campaign. So I'm sort of oh, yeah. a dungeon master yeah, in training. That's, that's how I started. I started out from the gate DMing. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez, that's like a huge step. My gosh, there must have been a lot of pressure. I was also 13. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did like I did watch like many many hours of Critical Role, so like I'm not I'm I'm pretty yeah. exposed at this idea. point. Yeah, I know what the checks do. So yeah, I'm kind I of mean, trying to get through the recap portion of, of the hunter of, of the uh, player's guide and into the sure. like nitty gritty, I guess. Yeah, reading the handbooks has never been, like, a suggested thing, but sometimes I would almost say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, Because, like, 
as a DM, it, it's good to know what someone is capable of as far as the book says they are. I mean, we might have to do a D&D episode down the line because that's a whole different can of worms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is... Uh, like I mean, I've been like I said, DMing since I was thirteen. It's you know, like I would put Dungeons and Dragons up there. Um, maybe like as far as like favorite things ever, almost a, a, I don't know. It's hard to say, but it might be above Monster Hunter. Like, <laughs> uh, but I haven't been playing D and D regularly until recently, the past couple months. So. Well, I mean, in an egotistical way, um, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is only ever as good as like the the story telling capabilities of the dm so that's that's sort of why i'm to degree yes that's sort of why i'm trying to be the dm because i just don't trust my friends to like take initiative or like i'm gonna have to rope them into it not the other way around (laughs) right yeah that's that's fair um yeah, there's. I had a problem for a long time. Uh, we're talking probably a decade of me only being a DM and never being a player, um, and that sucked. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, you know, that's 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 hard. But done well, it can be fun for both the DM and the players. I just, you know, I was I was I've been a DM in training for a long time. I would say because. Yeah, only recently, within the past three years, I've been well. Actually, on Reddit, the D and D behind the screens. I don't. If you don't know about that, Haru, you should check that out. They got a lot of good, good stuff on there. Wow, um, but it's more about creativity and then how to DM. That's DM Academy. <laughs> yeah, no, I get the um, basics. Like, don't, don't drop a beholder and TPK your level one players. Total party kill. Um, yeah. You know, don't. Don't pick on people. Don't play favorites. You know, uh, oh yeah, just get social tips. I think are woven in there. Um, one of the things that I've started doing recently, and it, it worked out uh, very well. I I actually DM'd. It was in July, I think. Uh, I actually DM'd a game for my parents, which my parents are the ones who played, uh, which got me interested in it from a young age. Um, they didn't play with us until I was 13 <laughs> um but uh the the i dm'd for uh my parents do like a every couple months they get their old D pals together and they they run like a one shot um and i dm july's campaign um and we did like a dinosaur island thing and what i do is i take a an area and i just map out an ecology for that area with the different monsters and such right. and say okay your goal is this whatever in this area and so like i have like put you know like territories things are roaming at and i roll things it went really well it was sort of like my test run for this new style of dming i was doing it's just ecology based um Uh, and sort of uh. putting in um uh instead of random encounters like roll for percent because they've always suggested the 30 percent chance there are wolves in the forest 15% 15% chance there's an owl bear. Like, eh. Okay. Well, that's... That, it, 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 um, that, go ahead. That kind of sort of monster ecology or, like, uh, level ecology is always what's interested me about, you know, video games. Uh, yeah. Like, something like Skyrim or, or the old Zelda games, 3D Zelda games. You'd have these enemies that would sort of fit the area they're in. Like, 
get the the torch slugs in the fire temple and you have the uh, uh, tektites in the mountains and they're also water spiders so they can crawl across the lake um yeah yeah and I just yeah it's I feel like that adds a lot to your level and your enemies is not not just having enemies and just throwing them wherever but you know matching uh, right because it, it, it gives you an illusion of, of, of depth and, and, and an inner life to your world and you know monster hunter to right. be fair uh, monster hunter try especially monster hunter world are very ecology very good about games. that very very good about that yeah and that's a big reason why i fell in love with the series even from game one is it's sort of oh my gosh they're actually trying to go with like uh, a believable ecology in this and you know it would yeah it's that's what made me fall in love with the game more than being good at it because i was terrible when i first started playing and we're talking like <laughs> it took me until freedom unite to really get halfway decent uh and i played every title up until then <laughs> <laughs> No lies, like, everybody is bad their first time, and, like, even now, after, like, playing for, what is it, like, about 12 years, like, I- I'm still, like, not the best player in the world. I'm not I'm not going in and killing, like, an EX-level Bloodbath Diablo solo, like, uh, no. some certain players, like, a <coughs> Apex KB. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could just say Very Apex subtle. KB. <laughs> <laughs> But it is kind oh, of um, interesting, just like the, I mean, obviously D&D is sort of like the foundation of, you know, RPGs as a whole. Yeah. But I feel like most RPGs yeah. are just their own thing at this point. Because like, yeah. if, if you're telling us... Well, yeah, it's part of branching out. No, yeah, but I, like, I mean, you'll still have people who are trying to compare everything, everything, everything to like a D&D style role playing, you have to make choices, branching narrative, everything has to be the same thing. Whereas like a yeah, lot of JRPGs are not. Yeah, I don't necessarily not. agree with with that mentality, you're right. Yeah. The, the link to D&D and like yeah, JRPGs is like Mass Effect. It's it's like party members, right? You don't have you don't have uh, perception checks or or like the you don't have uh, I guess a ton of multi-directional explore, exploration. Right. You just kind of keep the strong central narrative. Uh, and in that way, the game is sort of replacing a DM. Uh, right. Yeah. But Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a thing. Like, Neverwinter Nights actually had a... Which is a licensed Dungeons & Dragons game. Um, now, this isn't the new Neverwinter Nights, which is an MMO... I'm talking like the Obsidian, which we were talking about before the podcast. Uh, the yeah. Obsidian game. Is it Obsidian? No, it's no, 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 no. That's not. I'm getting that confused. That was that was Baldur's Gate. Um, no, it was Bioware before Ooh. their big thing. Neverwinter Nights was their biggest game for a while. Um, they. They had a DM mode where you could just set up scenarios and this complicated decision logic and stuff, and you could actually make quests, and it was very comprehensive. Uh, people actually ran campaigns of D and D in Neverwinter Nights DM mode, like it was a thing. Uh, obviously cool. limited. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's obviously limited 
um, in comparison to just using the books and your imagination and modules or whatever you want to use. It's not ever going to be as deep as it was, you know, for pen and paper style, but um, it was a good shot, uh, definitely at it. I remember. So that's that's awesome. Like I'm glad you've been playing D and D. Always happy when someone has. <laughs> yeah. And even like taking something like Monster Hunter, which is allegedly an RPG, like the only yeah. the only real like connection that has to D and D is it's, it's like a monster manual. It's like you made a monster manual that you could play. Um, Pretty much, yes. Yeah. On, on like the very top yeah. level of it, because there's no there's not much of a story. There's world building, but yeah, right. yeah, and, and like like the party composition. Like you have four four hunters, four party members. Like that's the, the the tenuous thread that connects. Yeah. Typically, I mean, you can have uh, the game I'm playing in right now. My brother's DMing. We have eight players. Um, that's been that's a lot. That's been fun. It's such a fun campaign, though. Oh my goodness! I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. Well, obviously I haven't, but uh, to, to anyone really. Um, like it's so fun because it's Nintendo themed dungeons. Yeah. So we are currently going through a Kirby dungeon um, where you kill elementals and you there's like a soul of the elemental sitting there and you eat the soul and you become that <laughs> elemental. Like, and then we're trying to solve challenges and that kind of stuff with it. But here's the thing: um, I'm playing a forest elf named Nil, which is Link backwards, and I am the most talkative, outgoing elf you will ever meet, but I'm also sort of parroting Link from Zelda, so I have a sword and shield, I have a bow, uh, you know, I'm trying to be the one who solves puzzles and that kind of stuff. Here's the problem. I have eight intelligence, so... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Please yeah. tell me that they let you know, like re-roll, like did you do like DC four, like you know, like. <laughs> oh no! So what he, what my brother did, it was actually very interesting. I've never seen this done before, but, um, so there's the standard: you roll four die, you drop the lowest, and that's stats. So you did an array of stats. You did three arrays. Um, so like I rolled really bad. I felt I, I feel bad because I rolled really bad, but like I, I didn't roll really bad for me he then randomized the three sets and handed them out to people so i got someone's really good set it had like two 18s a 16 and a 14 and then like a 10 and an 8 and i was like okay um and i said this from the beginning i am prioritizing charisma as a ranger which is totally not playing with the <laughs> with what a ranger does but I wanted to make nil I was going for nil <laughs> so. you're, put, you're playing it based off of like uh, like the actual personality of the character rather than trying to min-max I get you that's fun. yeah yeah so I was yeah it was it's a fun campaign um, I have to say one of the best things that happened um, I personally do not partake but I have a lot of friends in the group who are very heavy pot smokers so one of those he's playing a pixie who is like the lord of whatever but he basically represents a very like pot friendly thing he's even his name is some sort of pun to pot 
But he basically does this all the time. So one of the things I do as Nil is because he's dumb and they say words that are bigger than what Nil could possibly know, I would assume. I have my, I, I roll, I ask my, my, my DM, my brother, I was like, do I know this word? And he's like, uh, roll. So I roll an intelligence check, which I get a minus one on, <laughs> and to see if I know the word. And one of the hints for the dungeon is you had to cannibalize it's like you have to cannibalize to progress, which cannibalize isn't eating the monsters to gain their power to oh. progress. Okay. Um, I didn't know the word cannibalize. So I was like, uh, try, my, my character's trying to figure it out. So he's like, what does cannibalize mean? He's like, you think it means something to do with cannabis. And I was like, cannabis? That is going to go there. <laughs> That is what, uh, and he calls everyone bro. That is what Pixie Bro does. So, okay, I have an idea. So, like, we were trying to figure out how to consume the soul or whatever. We haven't figured it out yet. I was like, I got an idea. This so is, I squished uh, it, I rolled it up, and I smoked it. And it worked. Yeah. This is quickly approaching <laughs> a reefer madness <laughs> territory. It's like, <laughs> cannabis means cannibalize? <laughs> so, uh... So I, now my character refers to smoking weed as cannibalizing, and it's so fun. And <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's not uh, wrong. <laughs> it was alive, so, but now he's consuming it. Yeah, it's okay for Chuan. Um, what Nil lacks in intelligence, he makes up in uh, courage. He's a very high courage stat. Oh yes, yeah, he did jump off of a three hundred foot pillar. Thinking the wind would save him. He's got that max roll courage. <laughs> Very important stat yes. in D D. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's got eighteen charisma, twenty-two decks because of other things my brother did, and then uh, sixteen strength, and then like decent wisdom, but like intelligence is eight. <laughs> like it's just he's. He's kind of been maxed for being like a good fighter, but he just doesn't make good decisions, so he ends up being inept. It's just, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, is there is there anything else you've been playing, Haru, or is that it? Uh, we just go on to like, I'll chime in if I have something else. What are we going to do? Uh, well, I haven't talked about what I've been doing aside from D and D. Actually, uh, I just did actually just get back from a game of D and D myself. Um, it's I think nice. the, uh, the Larazu uh, campaign, but I think it was a homebrew that uh, a friend of mine did. Currently, I'm playing mm -hmm. as Humphrey Bogart as a rogue, which was uh, actually quite fun. Okay. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Sorry, where's that Anybody character from? Humphrey Bogart is. Um, He's an actor. Yeah, he's from like uh, the 1940s. Oh. Yeah. That's why I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just check out movies like Casablanca and. Uh, Maltese Falcon, or I think, yeah, 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 you know those kinds of movies. Um, well, personally, I've been playing a ton of games because I got ten games around the Christmas season because of sales and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so I've been playing Black Ops Four. Not much to say on it. I've always been a Call of Duty sort of player. I'm not like, hey, I'm getting it. I mean, I don't get it every year, but um. I do just enjoy playing the multiplayer and then put it down after a few months and then I'm done with it till a couple years later. So <laughs> I've been playing that. Um, 
I got ukulele, which I have more to say uh, on that uh, when we talk about a hat in time on SideQuest. Um, plug for our other show. Because <laughs> they both um, want to be other games, I, other 3D platformers. Yes. Yeah, lots of comments there on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, I've also been playing the Batman Telltale series. Um, I've never played a Telltale game, but um, I was intrigued enough by Batman to do it. Um, that's been super fun. I haven't played in the past couple days, but like I sort of like binged through the first three chapters. That was amazing. Um, I normally don't like story games, but I don't know. Look, I feel like this one is kind of it's interesting enough. It's it's I don't hate it. Did the, Although, uh, did the hat I drop? Up the story yet? I, I don't know. The hat, like uh, what? Where where the story's at in episode three? I don't remember exactly where it went. Um. So basically, Harvey Dent is becoming Two-Face. Like, I just fought him in Selena Kyle's apartment. Doesn't he rage because, like, you steal his girlfriend or something? Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good character. I I like how they give you, like, hey, X amount of, you know, percent of people did this decision also. (laughs) And I was, like, looking... So I, like, totally romance Selena Kyle because why, why not? And then... Yeah, me and 85% of people did. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a popular choice. <laughs> well, she I mean, was worth it, okay? Obviously. They got fucking, like, Laura Bailey as the voice actress for that character. <laughs> like, <laughs> she like she played, like, Lust in Fullmetal Alchemist. She's, like, oh, she's, yeah. like, that, she can do that type of character, that, like, alluring uh, femme fatale Sure. Yes. Yeah, she does. She was very saucy. Yes, mm. she very was. It was. Um, I almost thought they were going to show something. Not that I wanted them to. It was just like, holy cow, this is going a lot further. And I thought they would in a Batman game. And then they sort of closed the door and like yada yada. Do you want oh, some? Okay, do cool. you want some bio, Bioware Witcher three like awkward uh, <laughs> animation? Sex? No, I no no. I don't want any of. That. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like the animators are taking. So. It's like the animators are taking the, the character models and like mushing them together like dolls kissing. Just slap them together. Right. Oh jeez. <laughs> like a bunch of dolls just just clapping them together. People get paid oh, to do this. Man. Yeah, they do. They get they get paid. I mean, I guess that's one one thing that that has been kind of sad. I've never played Telltale games till now, but the fact that they've been sort of dis not sort of they've been disbanded. You know, they went under. Oh yeah, not Telltale anymore. Uh. Yeah, that sucks. Well, it's okay, Fortune. If you want more of that experience, they only made five billion games while they were in business. Yeah, uh, the only one I would ever say I was interested in would possibly be The Wolf Among Us and um, this one. The Wolf Among Us was actually pretty good. I, I think I watched a Let's Play of that at one point. It's a while ago, though. I never watched it. Um, a lot of people talk about The Walking Dead. I hate zombies, so meh. <laughs> yeah, The Walking Dead. I don't Dead. care. 
and I don't really understand why people liked that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just garnering myself. all sorts of love on this this episode. Because it has that telltale hey, thing. all those shows everyone likes, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, fuck them. Because <laughs> <laughs> The Walking Dead, it has that telltale thing of like, oh yeah, your choices matter, butterfly effect, yada 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 yada. But like, there's yeah. some very overt ways in which Telltale take the story in that game to nullify any choices you've made. Like, oh yeah, this. I mean, I guess it's like a slight spoiler, but like, if you have a choice between saving two characters, one of two characters, and one of them dies, how further can they carry the character you saved in that game series, because they have to then, at that point, write two characters for that slot that is occupied by a single person in any given player's game. Right. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they handle well, that. Well, spoilers, they just kill off the character that you saved eventually. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> thinking of that, what was the name of that literature club game that was really popular? I think it was, what was it, last Doki year? Doki Doki. Doki Doki. Yeah, Doki Doki. 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 Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't try to save them all. Don't I I watched a lot of full let's plays and game grumps and like all sorts of people game theory. Like I went deep into that game last year. That's some creepy stuff. What's with people thinking that game is good cuz it makes good YouTube videos? Like it's just Oh no, I would never play it. No. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like even for a visual novel, yeah, it's really short, and the characters are very simple. And I mean, right? It's just, it's just, yeah, and like it's does... a gimmick. It's like, it's like Stanley Parable. It's like a, it's like a meta, meta game, game. Right? Yeah. Meta game, game. It's got a fair share of fanboys and fangirls. I guess. Well, <laughs> Undertale. We're... And currently, right. Delta Rune. Although, the soundtracks for those were really good. I was surprised. Isn't Undertale, like, a I... real RPG, though? Doesn't it have, like, a story and stuff? Yeah, actually, yeah. Because... Yeah. There's Doki Doki. It, it's, um... The style of it, I've seen it before. Um, there's... There is a, there is an engine for it that uh, people have a lot of access to that, um... Where they can make their own, like, anime RPGs. But, um, yeah, like, because it's made in that same style, I... I just didn't really feel the appeal for it because there's like a million of those different kinds of games that are out there. Right. I mean, well, you know, they're all trying to do their own unique thing. Like, there was Hot to Full Boyfriend, which was <laughs> Pigeon Dating simula- Simulator. Yeah. To start with. Um, <laughs> like, all sorts that, of. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, those, they just try to be unique, is all. Yeah, like, what was it? Uh, Markiplier was trying to play that one game, like Hot Dad or something like that. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, gosh! What is it, Daddy? Daddy, something uh, I can't remember. Daddy. But I, Dream Daddy, yeah, there you go, Dream Daddy, because that was actually made by Game Grumps. Yeah. But, oh my like, god, it was such a funny game. I feel like trying yeah. to stand out is a nice way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> the way I would term it is uh, a shitty to... meme title. Make money on Steam, but you know. Oh no! Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely the norm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clickbait. Yeah. So, wait, what? No, it's just that they're like a clickbait YouTube video, but a video game. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But that'll make sales. And then they'll re- realize it's crappy and they got money. <sighs> Uh, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm so tired by the video game industry. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to start yeah, out our general gaming podcast. I'm just, oh my god, I just can't. <laughs> That's a good good note to start on, yes. Well, I mean, um, like the 1D3, all it was was just, you just hear numbers and letters, just 4K graphics, 4K graphics, you know, so many terabytes, of system, you know, ooh. Oh gosh! I'm like, yeah. Stop with the 4K, okay? I don't like. I don't even have a TV that has 4K on it. I'm running like an RCA 24 inch. It's a piece of shit. I bought it for like 20 someone bucks. I mean, like, you think I'm gonna be playing like a high resolution game? No, screw you and your crazy 4K graphics. I've always been about yes. the gameplay, anyways. I mean, yeah, and I'm with you on that, dude. Most of the degree. There's some games that I'm like, okay, I like this because it's aesthetically pleasing. But yeah, I mean, if it's like Journey, Journey, Journey makes sense because yeah. that was a beautiful game, very artistic. Yeah, and it did something with that too. Yeah, like it, that was part of it. Yeah, part of the experience. I've never really been super graphics enthusiast in games because, I mean, I think I might have been like, well, like the first experience I had with games, owning a game and playing it through was a GameCube, mm-hmm. and I had uh, Super Mario Sunshine, and it also came with a Zelda Collector's Edition disc, which had Ocarina yeah. of Time. And Ocarina of Time oh, is sort of a anachronistic-looking game to play in your GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... In general. But it, I thought it looked weird on the N64 when I played it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, the best fucking game ever, so, like, it doesn't matter if the yeah. graphics are a little bit dated, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, it does yeah. not affect it. Aside from the owl, I hate the owl. Screw him. Mm-hmm. And tricking you into having to say no. He is and just then sort reading of... all that dialogue all over again. Wait, was the owl like a sage later, or was or is that just a crazy fan theory that I read? I or is he just a tutorial character? I'm so confused. I think he's just a tutorial character. I think he pops up in other games. Was he in Hyrule Warriors? He wasn't a fighter, but I think he was. They referenced him in Hyrule Warriors, or he was. I don't know. That's not. That's um, like a, yeah. The nth degree of spinoff. That's non-canon. I know. <laughs> it's not <laughs> canon. I know. Let's like that game. Let's not argue canon because then there's going to be people who are like, "Oh, Four Swords of Darkness. That was totally canon," you know. And then everybody will be like, "No, like that one Four Swords game was just not canon." You know, it was just an excuse not to yeah. think. Yeah. Wait, you mean Four Swords Adventures? I think that was the one, right? The that was one the where g- it's like multiplayer, where yeah, where on like, GameCube, yeah, we had to do the, had to do the like uh, GBA connector cable and plug it in because you can't use a normal controller like a freaking human being. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the one. I think that's the one. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I tried to do that. Yeah. Um, so, two more games that I've been playing I want to touch on. Um, I got Crawl, which is like an indie game. Uh, you guys ever seen this? I just, like, it looked interesting to me, but it's actually really cool. It's like, um, it's one of those games like Towerfall or that kind of thing where it's like, hey, you know, split screen, or not supposed to be a same screen four player multiplayer, but like it's done in like. Oh, let's say original Monkey Island graphics, like way bad. <laughs> but um, 
you are a hero or you're trying to be the hero the goal of the game is to kill the boss monster which you have to achieve level 10 you have to level up to level 10 to go to the boss fight and win the problem is the other three players are ghosts that are trying to stop you and kill you so what they do is they possess traps and objects and all sorts of stuff to kill you because if they kill you they become the hero and their hero gets to level up and try to beat the boss monster and the goal is to be the person alive who kills the boss hmm. <laughs> oh that's really cool concept I thought so too, but I had to. I did the tutorial. Like I very rarely do. Like, hey, let's do a tutorial game. But this was complicated enough. I did the tutorial, and I was glad to do it. And it's crazy because when you get experience, the ghost players get wrath, and wrath is used to level up the monsters you can summon in certain rooms. So like, you go from a skeleton. Like I went from a skeleton to a like a mage skeleton. And then, like, you can go from a skeleton to a different tree with bow skeletons. And, like, uh, you start with, like, a little tiny wolf. And I turned that into, like, an axe-wielding knoll. So, like, when you're the ghost, you get more and more tools to kill the player, to become the player. It was really cool. I only played a couple matches of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome i want to try to play it with friends but i immediately knew when i was like oh this is a party game oh we're just going to play smash the whole time instead now uh oh. Fortune, you say this is an interesting concept and it sounds like it but i see here mm -hmm. that they added gabe newell as a boss monster uh so fuck oh. for all just just fuck you know, oh no just, oh. i didn't know that so that's why we're never getting half-life 3 it's not okay it's just not something you do no, that's not cool. We do not disrespect our it. Lord and Savior. Well, fuck. I don't think that's okay to do it. I'm not, not a particular fan of Game Newell. Fuck the PCMR nonsense. I just... Uh, I'm so tired. This was on the Switch. I hope it's not on... <laughs> I hope it's not on the Switch version. I hope it's like a mod or something. Yeah. But Like, what if, Ooh, what if that, we uh, could do like a... Uh... uh, uh as what is that thing called where they like spin the the fluid in a medical thing centrifuge we need to centrifuge yes. out yeah. memes and pc gaming like do that and then oh yeah i won't hate valve <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't yeah no that's that's disappointing i didn't know that was a thing Oh man, but I mean, I bought it on a whim because it looked. Your cool. reputation has been sullied because of this. Nah, nah. <laughs> but uh, the the last one I uh, wanted to talk about, um, and the one I've been playing the most because I I found it so intriguing, is uh, Into the Breach. Um, it was actually up for some game awards. Um, I don't know if it won any, um, but it was actually a really cool game. Um, have any of you guys played Faster Than Light? I've seen it. Oh, I haven't touched that one. I should, though. I probably should look into it. So, basically, um, it's kind of... I think it's... Is it the same people? I don't know if it's the same people, but it's it's a lot like Faster Than Light, um, where it's sort of like, okay, you're doing a run, and you're doing a run, and because you're doing runs, you're unlocking more options in your runs. 
Um, so like roguelike stuff. Um, but Into the Breach is a strategy, um, like tactics, like Final Fantasy tactics. Um, but you're in these mechs that are killing these bugs, and like you have like different teams have different mechs that do different things, and you can buy weapons and customize the mechs. And but, it's like a grid it's based, really right? Yeah, so it's grid based RPG stuff, and it's so intriguing because like. I, I'm not normally very good on tactics games. Like, I bought Mario vs. Rabbids last year. Actually, last Christmas I got it. Um, but, like, I didn't... It didn't really... Like, oh, it's cool and it's funny, but, like, I didn't really grab me. Even more memes. Because it's, like... Even more memes, Horchon. They spread like cancer. Well, I, well, well, is there a Mario Rabbid meme or just the fact that there were rabbits? Just the rabbits <laughs> in general. Yeah. Oh, are yeah. You, are you thinking of like the recent meme that they did with like Bugs Bunny where they call him Chubbus or something like that? I the fat Bugs Bunny? No. I have, I have not, not seen this. Know what that is. Yeah. I just yeah, mean I the rabbits. The rabbits are very like clickbaity. They're like, they're like the original minions. Anyway, go on. I yes, interrupted you. They were the original minions. I think the minions were inspired by them. At least I would think they are. But, um, yeah, so, like, this game, it's been so intriguing because it's, like, your play... They explain the mechanic of multiple runs very well. You're time travelers, but you can only go back to a certain point in time and try to save humanity from this, uh, called the Vec, this, like, alien invasion by these bugs. And, like, every time you get a game over... You basically teleport out and, and and restart the timeline to try to save humanity again, um, and even successful runs, they're like okay, because you basically end up going on like a suicide mission to destroy the the Vec hive, and it's like you teleport, go back in time to save another timeline. So it's like you know infinite timelines that they're trying to save, but like the. Just, like, the strategy that goes into... Like, I mean, you know, most of those grid-based things are, like, eh, strategy. But the the one that um, really was, like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. The first starting team is, like, okay, you have, like, a... a you have, like, a mech. Like, a giant, like, humanoid-looking mech. And then you have a tank, and then you have this sort of, like, spider tank thing that shoots rockets and lobs them up in the air. You're like okay, cool. So like this one shoots here, it blasts everything out <clears> around <throat> it and moves it. Okay, the tank shoots one thing and it pushes it back one space, and the mech punches something for two damage and pushes it back one space. It's like okay, so this is the sort of mechanics I got to work with. But then like I go to team B and it's like there's like ten te- different teams, and they're like no, we don't do that. See, you have this scientific thing that that gets close to things and pushes and a plus sign around him. So he pushes everything away. But he doesn't do damage. I'm like, oh, well that seems bad. But like, no, you can push things off of cliffs and into water and stuff and kill them immediately. And the spider tank, they still have the spider tank kind of thing. It's it's just like a tank with four legs is what it is. This one has a special ability on it that says when smoke, because like smoke stops attacks, smoke is now electrical and does damage to enemies. So now it has this rocket that shoots for two damage and pushes back one instead of pushing in a square like the other spider tank. Or not a square, a plus sign. Um, uh, but it also sh- puts a cloud behind it that prevents attack. So now you can be like defensive and offensive with the spider tank. 
And then the other thing isn't a mech. It's actually a jet that moves over and it does like a hop over. A, uh, its attack is a hop over a monster and it shoots down for one point of damage, but it creates a smoke cloud. So like the whole, that whole team is about creating smoke clouds and doing damage with smoke. So are you basically just sort of like a, basically kind of a chess game at this point? Pretty much. Yeah. And the, the rules of the chess game change with every team. And it's like, oh, this is like super interesting. Yeah, it, it gets complicated. It you know, almost seems like, yeah. it's like a chess game where the pieces each have like four different functions rather than like just the basic one. It's almost like each piece has almost as many like technical rules to it as like a pawn would, where it's only able to like move forward, but it takes out other pieces diagonally. Right. So like you can right. like, shut off yeah. a lane using pawns to lock out a lane, where or like you know like uh, or you can use like. Um, uh, certain pieces to bait other ones so then you can think like right. three spaces ahead whereas with this one it's like each piece has like maybe like four or five different functions that's cool if you're interested yeah, well, I would I... encourage viewers to just like google and look up some images of uh, Into the Breach because it's pretty simple uh, just visually yeah got a, got a yeah. clear visual style yeah, I was actually thinking about having it as a side quest at some point, but then I just bought it and was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. I was just. I just wanted to play it. So yeah, that's that's basically uh, what I've been playing. So um, we'd uh, you know we'd like to talk about maybe some things we're excited about or what's coming up in the upcoming month of January 2019, which you know as of today it's the first day of the year. So. Um. Yeah. So uh, a list here. Just for January. Uh, do you like ports? Do you like ports of uh, sometimes vaguely cartoonishly styled video games? Because on January 11th, New Super Mario Bros. U and Tales of Asperia are coming to modern gen consoles that they would be applicable to. Yeah. And then on the 18th, we have our first new games of new AAA games of 2019 with Ace Combat 7 and Travis Strikes Again colon No More Heroes which is I would I'm mildly interested in Travis Strikes Again because I've always liked No More Heroes series but it's very different in the style this time yeah it looks isometric and I'm not really into that right and that's what um, Into the Breach is isometric because it's I think Travis is the, the or No More Heroes three. It's a bunch of indie games that you're going through. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of a weird concept. Yeah. Gosh, I will say the first No More Heroes isn't. Have you guys ever played it? Uh, no, but I probably should play that. that before this one. Because. <laughs> I'm not sure how much the story is going to tie into it because it does have a story. Oh my gosh. I don't want to spoil it for you, but basically the ending of that game had me rolling laughing because it was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just <laughs> Oh man, I, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, is it? So continuing on. Well, actually, um, I'm pretty excited for Ace Combat 7. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I've loved Ace Combat games. I actually like uh, a lot of dogfighting games. Is that going to be what 7 is? Because I haven't played since 2 or 1. 
on the PS1. Well, yeah, it's it's like uh, I mean, it's like all these combat games. There's like some really complicated like Metal Gear story involving uh, would you could you stand and like a bunch of made up countries like the DC universe has. And right. they're going to war, and everyone's serious and Japanese, and they look vaguely like realistic anime characters. <laughs> and, I might have to look at this one. But the actual game is just, you know, like flying a plane and like shooting stuff down. You've got lock on missiles and like generally a sort of a machine gun. Right. And past games eventually have gotten into like. They've done like the real plane stuff, and then they've done. Um, sort of like video game like space shooter bosses that have like these huge like flying fortress structures that like <laughs> spew out other ships like it gets really cool um and like video gaming in a way that i like the past story is I, I just use it as a versus mode when i played it back you know i think it was the first ace combat we just my brother and i would just fight each other with the, the jets that's all we did. Yeah, I got stuck on like the Xbox one. I played uh, like f- uh, like four or five, maybe. It was just a really yeah. hard mission where you were fighting like an enemy ace pilot, and he was shot me down. Hmm. Because you had to like uh, protect the turrets and go to this place here, and it was like getting to like Muso levels, and like <laughs> stop it. Right. Yeah, I. It's always kind of disappointed me about Star Fox. Because I always wanted Star Fox to be that. But it's always ended up being the pseudo-rail shooter it is. Yeah, but that's... I almost feel like... like, uh, Oh, I was going to say, I I almost feel like you guys should probably check out, like, um, this is like a really old-school game that came out, I think it was like in 98... It's uh, it was done by EA Games. It's called Freelancer. I don't know if you guys have heard of it before, but uh, you're basically nope. like a like a, a space bounty hunter or whatever, and you're just kind of like going across all of like the different quadrants. And there's like literally areas like the Rhineland, and then there's like a like a New Britain Breton area, wherever. And then like as you keep going along, you just keep taking like bounties and stuff, like capturing bad guys, um, destroying vessels and ships or whatever, or like halting cargoes or protecting them and stuff like that, and slowly getting, like, better ships with, like, uh, more access to, like, capacities for, like, different turrets and stuff like that, and missiles and, like, nanobots to, like, fix your machine as you're in, like, dogfights. Um, hmm. Yeah. This is a really good game, and I kind of <laughs> wish that EA would go back to that rather than all these microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, um... Yeah. Well, it seems like a core element of what you're describing is, uh, sort of in-depth campaign missions, and that's something I always liked about Ace Combat, uh, even when it got really difficult, uh, is they, they would have these whole mission plans, and you have to take out these targets, or protect these targets, and uh, it was a really interesting, right. like, sort of flight simulation, but also a good video game game. Okay. That, it does sound interesting. I do like I do like dogfighting in general. Although I have no so. idea... Besides VR, what is new about Seven? To be honest, yeah, I know that people were really excited about it when it was announced, but that was it. That's all I know. Yeah, it's been announced for a couple years now, and regrettably, I'm not going to drop four hundred dollars on a VR headset just to play a plane fighting oh, game. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Great no, VR no, no, no. game, super hot. Everybody, I'm telling you right now, get it. Super hot is amazing. You're going to love it. If you haven't played, it I already. like super hot. I don't. 
I have. You're gonna I give it to your children. Slap, slaps, slaps used car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but on January twenty fifth, does anyone here like spooky games? Occasionally, I've played Amnesia. deafening silence. Oh come on, that's not spooky. <laughs> Cricket. That's not spooky. Crickets. It's scary. Um, because Resident Evil 2 is coming back, and it's a new game, sort of, maybe. It's a remake. <laughs> new sort of? <laughs> sort of, maybe. It's, it's Brand ha- new-ish. It's part of a new are, game. Are we, are we going... Are we going call, Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me, maybe? It's not a remaster. It's not like the original <laughs> game. Like, they built it from the ground up again. And it's like... Right. But it's the same story and, like, setting and characters. Yeah. It's like Final Fantasy VII remake, I think, sort of. When is uh, Final Fantasy VII going to be? Uh, never, out, I never, <laughs> never. Yeah, it's it's their, uh, it's their. I, I feel like it's the Duke Nukem Forever problem. They are just not living up to their own hype. But speaking of another Square Enix game that took forever to come out, on January 29th, Kingdom Hearts Three is coming out of of the. Of the, fuck, what's the black hole? No, the Superman the one, the no zone, the, the with the triangle. Oh, the dead zone. <laughs> Why am I blanking on this? Yeah. Anyway, it's coming out of the depths of space and launching, finally. And yeah. Thor is gonna Lots fight of that Xehanort with his key that he got from the treasure chest that he uses to open doors occasionally. I know all the things about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I, I, I liked number one, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on a new game of Final Fantasia. Pixar version. Booyah! It's going to be great. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> Final Fantasia. I have not heard that one. There's a, there's a Frozen video game that's not Disney Infinity, so I'm buying it. <laughs> Let it go! Okay. Let it go! <laughs> That's that's totally gonna be in the game. All Axel Rose on on Let It Go. Awesome. Oh my god! (laughs) But that scene is a thousand percent going to be in the game. (laughs) It better. Oh yeah. Original track, trademarked, signed, ink, done. And apparently, everything. Apparently, like we're going back to the middle of Frozen's plot from 2013. It was like an hour and a half movie, so yeah. We're, I mean, I guess that's good because like the characters are going to be at the point where, uh, you know, they're in the middle of the character arcs and they're making formative decisions. I mean, that's true for probably the other things in Kingdom Hearts that I don't care about, like Toy Story and yada yada. But yeah, yeah, Soren Xehanort, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zora smashing up the toys in Andy's room. That's a that's a beautiful picture right there. Ah, uh, I like Rex. I'm kind of interested in Kingdom Hearts three in the sense that I was interested in Final Fantasy fifteen and that I've never played those series, but like it looks like a very well produced game, which Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen it turned out was not. Um, right. And it looks like a lot of polish and like uh, I wonder how gameplay mechanic y stuff. I wonder I'm how sorry. Much they paid Tom Hanks in order to be in like uh, this uh, this new uh, game of 
Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, did they get Tom Hanks? They definitely, I kind definitely of... didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of feel like they wouldn't have got Tom Hanks or Tim Allen. Like it just <laughs> He would have just eaten gonna... up the entire budget. It's like Disney Infinite. Given with uh, um, Tim Allen's, uh, I don't know, mentality about things, I don't think video games are high on his list. <laughs> what are you talking about? His TV show got can't can. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> He's got all the time in the world. But um, but no, I think yeah. like most high-end games, they're just going to use like uh, uh, impression voice actors to do. Uh, yeah, I don't even know who Tom Hanks was in Toy Story. Who are you kidding? You know the Tom guy who Hanks yells was all the time. Ah! That's pretty much him. I mean, like that's what uh, Tom Hanks is known for. He's just a professional yeller. He's not an actor. He's a yeller. My, my, my mother <laughs> loves Tom Hanks. Groundhog Day. Favorite oh, wait, actor. No, no, he wasn't in Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. That's Bill Jeez, Murray. <laughs> that's Bill Murray. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, where have I been? <laughs> I, I understand that one. They are kind of, you know, white male no, actor, 40s. <laughs> the hair. Oh. Head, head that's like a rounded okay, rectangle. <laughs> Anticipated yeah. games. Tom Hanks. The tall head. In Groundhog Day. <laughs> In Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah. My opinion Alrighty. is just completely void. Don't listen to me anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, <laughs> don't, know, what's, I don't know what's up or down anymore. So, All right. a something cheese? else. No, it's just a cut of mango. Something else Kingdom Hearts has. Fanboys. Fortron? Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, they do. Holy cow. And they are vitriol. <laughs> But, yeah, so uh, the main topic, um, I want to explain a little bit why I wanted to get into this, is, you know, like, fanboy, fangirl, you know, like I said, you want to be PC about it, um, but fanning out, you know, being a fan of something, and gaming has kind of become, like, a negative thing, and that's kind of weird to me, because you look at, now let's, let's step back a little bit from that statement and say, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 is known for having a bad, bad, bad fanboy. I don't know that it is. I'm, I just know culture. it has a, like a cult following. That's all. Oh, no, no, no. Like, there's, like, actual, like, uh, uh, it's pretty known that, like, that fan base is very <laughs> toxic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, oh uh,. I feel like I'm going to get torn um, apart if I give my opinion about... Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, oh, you have to love this game because if you don't, you're trash kind of thing. Um, it's not like everyone's like that, but uh, the community around the game has been known for doing that. Um, but what I what I was like, just in general, is become... Because of communities like that, I would, I would assume, you know, being a fan or... A, saying you're a fan of something has be kind of become like a negative context. Like, okay, suddenly your opinion on something isn't valid. And I, uh, you know, listening, I still listen to other podcasts all the time. And, you know, that kind of comes up sometimes. Um, and the, the late, uh, but great, you know, total biscuit. He was very adamant about, don't say you're a fan of something and, and that kind of thing. And I kind of disagree with him on that point <clears throat> because being a fan of something doesn't 
mean you have to blindly follow it. Although that's kind of what happens. <laughs> um, because like the, the the big difference that, that that I'm seeing in fan, you know, being a fan of something in video games is, is unique because um, being a fan of like movies, like oh. You're a movie fan. Great. You probably have some cool opinions about movies. Okay. Um, being a fan of a sports team, generally an acceptable thing in cult, you know, in, in our American culture here where I'm at. Um, so like being a fan of something isn't negative, but when you come to games, it becomes negative. And it, it and I don't feel I don't feel that's fair because, like, even though I'm a self-proclaimed Nintendo fan, it doesn't mean I don't play PlayStation and I never played Xbox. I love Halo. I had an Xbox 360 twice because the first one red ringed. <laughs> the deadly red ring. I hate it so much. So many technical problems. But um, the yeah, you know, like the. Just because I, you know, I enjoy Nintendo games more doesn't mean I don't have a valid opinion about something else. So like, it's kind of weird. Like this sort of culture of like fanboy, you know, fanboyism has become sort of like this weird, like you know, like it's bad to be a fan of this series kind of thing. And I think some of that, and 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 the other setup was why I thought about this is you know. I'm obviously a Monster Hunter fan. Hunter's how, you know, started as a completely Monster Hunter podcast, and I'm still very much involved in the Monster Hunter community. Podcasts dedicated to a single game series. Definitely a sort of a fan behavior to enact. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the difference we have. I think some of it is bred the sort of competitiveness between fans that happens, you know, like the old days, Sega versus Nintendo. Now it's Sony versus Microsoft with, you know, people just saying Nintendo isn't even in the race or whatever. And like, I mean, they're not because they're not trying to be, but, <laughs> but you know, like, um, let's see, there's my Nintendo fan stuff. What? Nintendo are not but trying. Anyways, <laughs> oh, I'm so shocked at that statement. No, I mean, well, they, I mean, they are trying. They're just trying in a different nope, way. No, nope, no, <laughs> stopped trying. That's what you said for sure. Uh, and I couldn't agree uh, more. But I think Monster Hunter is a good, um, a good co- sort of cross section as to why I think gaming fandom is a little bit different from, let's say, sports fandom or that kind of thing. Because I mean, maybe sports fans deal with this too, with like failing teams or whatever. But like Monster Hunter, for a long time, it was like, hey. We have to show people we're interested, so we keep getting the thing we like. So we kind of have to, like, we have to show interest. We have to show that we like things. Like, you have to be sort of vocal in the gaming community, you know, as a whole. Not you as a person, but, like, the, the royal you as a consumer. If you want things in the gaming community. Because they're like, what? <laughs> it's sort of weird. It's like all these TV shows that come out, it's like... Who wants this? And it's like this show, and people like it, or they don't. I don't know of anyone that's like asking, like, "Oh, we need another, you know, like um, sitcom." We're we're looking for another sitcom 
set in Detroit again or something. Like I, I don't, I don't know how TV. That's exactly you know, what NBC does co- every single year. <laughs> right, but they don't. Well, they they look to the fan base to do that. Well, well no, no, you're right. It's not about as well. It's not like a fan base centered thing. It's like a. When are we going to get friends again? And it's oh like, oh, well, just take Big Bang Theory and give everybody a girlfriend. It's like, yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you for making uh, Friends 2.0. We got glasses. <laughs> it's finally, it's finally like, about it, to die. They ruined a good thing. They're finally going to kill it, guys. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the guy Praise who uh, places a robot is sick of being a robot. Yeah. He wants to yeah, be an sure. actor. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he is an actor. He just, you know, is a anyway, TV show. What were you saying, for sure? Well, basically, like, you know, like we as like video game fans, we've been sort of like have to not have to fight, but like it's been a culture of like competitive competitiveness mixed with, hey, if we're not vocal about the thing we like, we may not get it, hmm. kind of thing. Which is very weird, but then also video games like also are probably the worst media about drilling something to death too. Yeah, I mean TV does that too, where it's like, okay, this should have ended a good two seasons ago or one, or like the chance the case for Scrubs, like <laughs> Scrubs should have ended a whole season sooner. Well, um, it did uh, not need that last season, but yeah, it was just. Anyway, I don't really agree in the sense that there's a difference. I don't see a distinction between, like, fans of the DC universe or fans of, you know, Sony or Microsoft or any given studio. Mm Because, like, I've been in online communities for Lord of the Rings, and they bitch about the Hobbit movies. And I've been in online communities for... Uh oh, like Mario, I guess, and they bitch about Super Mario Sunshine or whatever they don't like, and it's just sort of sound. Yeah, if, I mean, that happens. If you replace the nouns, it's all sort of the same thing. Honestly, there's like a true gamer sect of like or true fan sect, quote unquote, that like you like these things and it's okay. proper old school. I think the real difference comes if you go offline and compare offline fans who just mind their own business with the like right. forum going fans because that's really more of a it, it, you're not as immersed in it and if you're just going about your everyday life so you're a fan from a different perspective. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of my experience with like oh, so you're a fan is a negative thing, is more internet culture stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like interactions on you know Reddit or YouTube, or, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, oh, so you're a fan, so you don't have a valid opinion about X. You know what I mean? So, or, well, what, I just, yeah, it's just... I just wanted to make another point real briefly Red. that I think that's something that gets underrepresented. It's just like casual fans of something that aren't like... Yeah. That aren't, like, forum-going... Because people think, like, oh, my forum... Ha- this forum on Reddit has, like, 30... Uh, 100,000 subscribers. It must be, like, oh, we're so big. We've got so many people. That's, like... If you want to talk about popular games, Skyrim sold, like, 30 million copies. Uh, Monster Hunter World sold 10 million copies more. Uh, yeah. Like, the... the 
amount of that user base that is represented by the online form going audience is a fraction. There's so many unrepresented people. Like you cannot take the online community's sentiment to be uh, even a simple majority of fan sentiment overall. Yeah, looking at the sales of like the copies of like a particular game, and you know, comparing it to like how often people actually play the game, you know, like I feel like you know they that people just don't look at it from that frame of like thinking that you know it's not about the sales entirely. It's it's about you know the playability, like people being able to come back to it. So I mean, like you know, the people who were you know, baited into buying a crappy game and then, you know, using the sales as, you know, a basis of like, oh, look at how our game is so much better because we were able to convince all these people to buy it. And it's like, well, no, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, you know, is a good example of that. Everybody hates it, but they all bought it anyways. You know, Battlefront 2 came out and we're all like, "Eh, maybe they'll learn from their mistakes. And EA was like, ha ha, joke's on you. Well, um, you're right in the sense that there is, like, sales aren't, don't always translate to active users. Like, there's probably people who've bought games and they've stayed uh, unplayed digitally or just un- still in the plastic wrapping. But, right. but it, it's, that it's, that doesn't also prove that whatever the pro- prevailing online sentiment about a game is, is what, what everyone's opinion about that game is. Like... And, and you're totally right about that. I mean... That the, a good case of that is like me playing Call of Duty. Like I'm not particularly invested in Call of Duty as a franchise. I just like playing it from time to time. And you see, like a lot of, um, I love a lot of circles that I have is Call of Duty is not something I'm interested in. And oh, it's the same game every year. And blah 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 blah. And like that's like a, a very big, you know, like. Uh, a popular opinion about Call of Duty within you know, the circles that, uh, that I'm in. But, I mean, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, despite being hated or whatever, is the best-selling game of 2018, supposedly. So, you know, like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not saying that, you know, like, oh, just what I see is, you know, what, what the opinion is, but, like, it's just that you're right, that there's a disconnect between you know, like, general, you know, like, Reddit community or, you know, X community here that it's like, ah, this game sucks, when, like, I, you know, like, you probably ask most people who are playing Call of Duty, and they're like, no, I love it, and that's the only game they play, or, or you know, sometimes it's just their favorite game, mm-hmm. or they play more games, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, what, what I'm more talking about is, like, you know, like, you get in a discussion with a Call of Duty person, and I've seen a lot of uh, you know, like, the, like Call of Duty is their main game. They're really super good at it, or they, you know, they're maybe they're not. They just you know play all the time. But like you're like, oh, so you're a cod, cod boy. So you don't wouldn't know about X. Like I don't, and I, I think it's just general manners just to not assume people. Don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it's like the only game that they play, kind of thing. Right. It's not like it's just general manners just to assume that you know just don't label someone based on what they do you know, one thing about them. But, um, at the same time, like you see, I mean, like being like a fan of something can be considered negative a lot in internet culture. And it's just been, it's sort of weird to me because like, that doesn't mean that like, 
just because I'm a Nintendo fan, I'm not going to play God of War because I did. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I am. Uh, I'm obviously a fan of things such as Monster Hunter, Bethesda games, right. Zelda. It's dead. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I am also very annoyed by a lot of elements of fanboy culture in in the senses that. I feel like with this sort of, like, uh, what's goaty, like, award culture and, like, game is shit, that sort of thing, I feel like there is a strong social uh, inclination to conform to whatever the prevailing opinion is, or to play a game or to not play a game because of your your friends or because you, it's like a bandwagon marketing appeal. Um, yeah, and so I don't like that. Like people who who change their opinions on things because the it's just like what's popular. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I've ran into a few of those in real life too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's just a human instinct. But like, I feel like you should make up your yeah. own mind about art. You know. Yeah. Like find your own yeah. tastes and distastes. Yeah, it was just. It was just weird because like it would and it, the the idea came up because I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily and it got in a big discussion about the Kingdom Hearts fan base. Oh really? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's why I came up with this idea. You know, like a couple months ago or not a couple, maybe a month ago. Like, um, like that was this like, yeah, like it's just like there's a general culture, but like people are in that fan base, you know, quotations that aren't like that. But of course, you know, the bad ones are the more vocal ones <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You know, like it's, it's squeaky wheel syndrome. We also pay attention to the bad ones more than the good ones. And, and like all sorts of, you know, there's all sorts of factors that go into this complex thing of, of fan culture. And, and it made me think like, well, I mean like, yeah, there's hate between Ohio state and Michigan here as far as college football goes. And people sometimes assume because I live in Ohio, I'm an Ohio State fan. I don't give a crap about college football. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I will root for Ohio State if I'm at an Ohio State thing because it's kind of fun to you know root for the team there. But like, I don't not like I'm not watching any games. I'm not looking at scores. You know, I'm not in fantasy football leagues. Like, I'm not never doing fantasy any league. By the way, <laughs> it's just not me. You guys heard about this? The fantasy esports leagues they did for League of Legends, stuff like that. That seems, oh my like, gosh. That seems like a profound waste of time. Yeah, Dota's pretty popular for that as well. And like, um, what was it? Elon oh, Musk geez. apparently came up with like a new AI for his computers and produced a team with them in Dota, like, versus against, uh, like, this one professional team, like, the best in the world, whatever, and was soundly thrashing them, which I thought was just, just delicious, just, oh, it's great stuff. Because, <laughs> what's wrong with Elon Musk? Absolutely nothing. He's gonna build a robot dragon. He promised. I'm waiting for it. Oh my it. god, <laughs> the memes are back. The memes are back. <laughs> Uh, this, this is this is why it. humanity can't have nice things because you got someone <laughs> you got someone that's why we can't have nice climate because we you got someone who wants to address like climate change issues but also they have to have Twitter fights with fucking Jay Z or whatever 
And also they have to be made into a meme, because they put, like, a Volkswagen in space or whatever the heck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the substance yeah, of it yeah. just, like, evaporates like, uh, like ashes in the wind. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yep. We gotta, po- so, we gotta poison society somehow. How are we gonna do it with memes? Yeah, really. Right. They, that literally was a right. thing. Like, the Russians literally did. But anyway. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's not even a joke at this point. But, for John, what were you saying? <laughs> well, I mean, it was just sort of like the, the, the concept of why... Oh, I found God of War. Anyways, um... <laughs> um look at the pile of CDs. But, uh, the, the... The sort of, like, I don't know. The, I just... It came across to me, like, is it... Is the you know the fan culture in games a little unique because of you know the sort of life we live with at the mercy of X company, you know all you know like uh, Mega Man you know fans were super disappointed about no Mega Man games until recently they got Mega Man Eleven which apparently people like I don't know I don't like Mega Man. <laughs> it seems like I got eight out of ten yeah, yeah. in terms of reviews, just like positive reception. Okay, so what? Then that's good, right? So I mean, that, I, I that, think I think to I think the best a- answer to that question for Twan is um, that um, I I don't think that uh, um, really video game fans and sports fans are really too much like too far apart. I mean, they're both kind of nerdy in like their own respect because like you know. They look at things like, you know, the statistics of certain players, how well they've been playing in their career, like how many years they think that they will get out of them, you know, like uh, what their fantasy team would be, like uh, the best synergy between certain players is going to be like, and you know, like like even like the Edmonton Oilers, like because they had Conor McGregor, everybody thought, oh, you know, the Oilers are going to be the big winning team, you know, because they had the perfect players, like, you know, they had it all written out on paper. Theory-wise, it all made sense, and then they ended up just crashing. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. When, like, mm. you look at, uh, well... Oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah. We all... And, like, wh- wh- where we were standing that day when that sports thing happened. Yeah, like, they just got annihilated. Like, Connor was not able to save the team at all. Like, they just, you know, just didn't make sense. But, I mean, like, um, and, like, even by, like, another extent, like, there, there are, like, different magnitudes of um of fandom like there are such things as like people who are just starting to get into it so they're like the greenhorns of like the fan base or whatever and then you've got like the casuals who have been around for a while but they don't take it too seriously because they they're living life and then you know then you've got like the the enthusiasts who really care about how how the system works like you know they're the ones who who want to see it thriving and prosper and they don't want to see it, you know, become toxic. And then, then you have like the super aggressive group that is like, you know, you should be, you know, investing charisma into your bard, you know, kind of thing going on. Like, I'm sorry, I'm like, sorry. Who's that? Who's that again? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're you know not what? even, you're not even get... barbarian. Oh frog. man! Like, you're not raging. Oh all the time. my gosh. And then I'll be like, oh my god! And then like, like I went, I went up into up into Edmonton to visit my cousins for like a week, whatever. You know, it was like we were celebrating his birthday, whatever. And then like they were like, are you from Calgary? They had like this almost like sort of like hate, like this flame in their eyes. And I'm like, 
no, I'm I live in Ardno, and she's you know just on the Strathmore, just a little ways away. And then they were like, "Are you a Flames fan?" And I'm like, "No." And even if I was, a real Flames fan would admit that the Flames suck. And then they were like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you know, we're we're cool then." Wait, are these Canadian sports <laughs> yeah, teams? That's... That I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah, like there's like the Calgary okay, Flames okay, and the okay. Edmonton Oilers. So we got like two teams in the province, and like. They just absolutely hate each other's guts for some strange reason. But, I mean, like, there's no reason to. Like, <laughs> any yeah. Canadian team that well, can win the cup, I mean, like, I will take it. Well, don't, yeah. you know, the only sports team that's good up north is the Bears. We're going to take it all the way to the playoffs this year. <laughs> the Blue Bar. <laughs> yeah. We've got the resurrected corpse of the Mike Dick. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man so uh, i uh yeah so like i don't i don't know but like the yeah the ohio state michigan thing it's the same way here it's like oh well you have to be an ohio state fan or you have to be a michigan i'm not even involved like <laughs> so i get i i get what you're saying like yeah that does exist in other things but but those are established teams that are always going to be teams, and they're always going to get another football game or another season. I mean, I guess sometimes there's teams that maybe don't make it another season and get dissolved or whatever. Because, like, uh, it was a thing when I was in first grade that the Browns got bought out of Cleveland and they went somewhere else for a while yeah. in the NFL. Um, I, I, and I don't – again, I'm not a football fan, so I don't know – who did what? I just remember the other kids talking about it because they're all football fans. <laughs> like, um, but like, I, I get there's there's definitely similarities. It's just like, but you know, like most of the time, no matter how bad the Bengals do here in Ohio, there's still going to be a Bengals season next season. Whereas, unfortunately, there may not have been a final season of. Um, what, what final season of the Walking Dead series and from Telltale Games? They're finishing it, I know, but like, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a different. I was wondering if like, is it more vitriol because we are so like, if you don't pay attention to me and you you don't agree, which it doesn't true. I'm just saying this is a, a, a fallacy. I don't get to play the game I love. Like, yeah, because like, there's this the mentality of we need people to like this and and Monster Hunter had that problem where we are not getting it localized because people aren't buying it. <laughs> yeah, like, in the beginning. That's different. Well, now. I feel like that is you know. the case. Like, um, I mean, because people loved Far Cry Hyrule, uh, I don't get to play more Zelda games, 3D <laughs> Zelda games, which is still my favorite series. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Okay, that I got you. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was a little oh, it's, it's it real like, tenuous when you're going around, you're invading Bacoblin camps, and like you're even stealth, open world, shooting them. Oh, it's so, so far apart. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I like Zelda. I like Breath of the Wild, and I think Breath <laughs> of the Wild is my favorite in the series. But I get what you're saying. There was a lot lost from the Zelda's formula in that game. I, I agree with you. They like, I think it needs to be a different they game. Directly, <laughs> yeah. They directly ripped off Far Cry and like Western open world games as a whole. Like, it's yeah, like a pseudo open world RPG. Anyway, my point is that like, like in Redemption. a sense, yeah, I mean, there, there's differences there in that people always wanted more another Zelda game, and then they made Skyward Sword, which was like not another Zelda game really, or it was like trying a bunch of weird things. 
and in that sense, it's it's driven by the creator. But right. But because of the whole open world feedback loop that gaming has been into, like it's consumed Metal Gear, it's consumed Final Fantasy, it's now consumed Zelda, and now all these games are rapidly changing yeah. their genre because uh, you made a better computer. People were worried Monster Hunter was going to fall into that. Yeah, no, people are calling Monster Hunter World open world, and that's such bullshit because it's like open map. It just doesn't have loading screens. It doesn't make it open world. Like there's, not everything is open world. Like there were video games before we coined that buzzword. Right, and it. And talk about like fanboy <clears throat> stuff. Oh my gosh! Do you remember when Monster Hunter World was first announced and the PlayStation fanboys came in and was like, "Ah, we're finally getting a good system back," and people were like, "Hold on." Monster has been fine without PlayStation. It's been great. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> it's pretty good on Nintendo. I mean, like, 3U was yeah. kind of iffy, and, but, I mean, like, 4U was... It was a pretty darn good game. I mean, like, I can still go back and play it. Uh, that I right. have. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's not to say that Nintendo hasn't handled it poorly. Without a, without going on another, buzz, on another tangent, I'm just going to say I disagree. I didn't... That fourth generation was terrible for ecology, terrible for the consistency of the world. But anyway, but well, I don't think that was because was sure. I don't think that was because of the 3ds necessarily. No, 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 no and no. I don't think that's Nintendo's fault at all. Well, I mean, I guess it was <laughs> it was indirectly because it's of the Capcom. 3ds because Capcom they said that they take a different yeah. attitude to making console and handheld games, and it wasn't that you couldn't make a night map version of a map on handheld right uh like because right. they did that with the dunes on and, and for ultimate they just didn't right. make a night version of any of the uh maps in the vanilla four so right they kind of took out that yeah, system just... for previous games yeah it's it's <laughs> it was just yeah that was a good it was a good example when you know world was announced you got i mean like i i remember a lot of you know there's, you know, we talk about the the bigger general Monster Hunter community, but then, you know, I was more into the Reddit community of Monster Hunter at that time, which I'm not anymore at all, hardly. I don't hardly visit Reddit at all anymore. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, when I was a moderator and we were having to say, okay, this is about Monster Hunter. Take your PlayStation versus Nintendo stuff elsewhere. Talk about the game. Like, it was... It, it was very interesting to suddenly see how, you know, the initial announcement of World just took the Monster Hunter, you know, community and just, like, rolled it over. It was just like, okay, you're, you're we're going good, things are looking good, and then, like, we got this great game announcement, and, like, all, you know, it was, um, I do believe it was the first episode of the podcast that I did, we talked about that announcement, because, you know, that's sort of what spawned this show, is the Monster Hunter World announcement. And I wanted to create more of a positive thing in the community. And, like, <laughs> but because, like, it was such a crap show at that point. Like, it was just like, holy cow, what is going on? Like, people are, like, just going wild and ha- hating on each other. And, you know, people are like, oh, I'm finally going to play Monster because it's an open world game, you know, on your point. Oh, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that. And, you know, at first, it was like people. Um, if you guys remember, Shady Figure was a, was a mod that left around the same time that I did too, 
Um, and like shady figure got like outright hate for basically saying what Capcom did about monster hunter, about how it's never going to be open world. Like he was just like, Holy cow. It was like a, uh, the community like just turned on itself after, you know, world got announced and it was so weird. You know, we were known for being a nice community for a long time. Yeah, and Shitty Figure is a very, uh, you know, responsible moderator. He's the one who recruited me, even before he stepped yeah. down. Yeah, Shady was awesome. I, I loved Shady. I still talk to him occasionally, but he's busy doing other things now. He's, up, so he's, like, on, the, <laughs> he's on the subreddit sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I know, but it's just like... He's not hardly as involved in that community as he was because a large part because of, you know, how much people turned on each other at that time. Um, Which is really funny because you'd think that, you know, regardless of what kind of a platform it's going to be on, you know, they would be happy that they would be continuing to be making Monster Hunter World games, you know, at all, you know, because, I mean, like there are some franchises that just get discontinued. Don't more don't yeah. don't Red Dead don't Red, Red Dead Redemption to us. We're not Monster Hunter World. We're Monster Hunter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no well, I mean, Monster like, Hunter yeah. World too. Well, I mean, like even Monster yeah. Hunter World. I mean, like um, like I enjoyed playing it when I when I got it, like after pre-order and stuff like that. But then the the thing is, like, because I was used to like the old format of the game where you had to you know, hunt as many monsters as you possibly could as fast as possible to try and get to the top of the ladder. I beat the game in, like, a couple of months, and then, you know, nothing really new was happening, and then I had to wonder to myself, you know, this, this couldn't be it, could it? But then, like, you know, finally things like Kulturoth came out, Behemoth, and, you know, you know, all these new events were coming out, and then the game started to feel fresh again, and I was like, yeah, this this is great, this is what the game really needs. But then, you know, after those wore off, then I was like, I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah. But yeah, then, you know, then it gave me a chance to, you know, after I'd finished that, I was able to go back. And then finally, GU came out, which, you know, that was what I was initially hoping for. That that was the Monster Hunter that I was really hoping would come out. I was expecting it to come out in 3DS, but it didn't. Um but yeah, like all the rest of the community was just in absolute turmoil because they were like, "When is Double Cross coming out?" And then they announced Monster Hunter World, and the first the first teaser trailer, I think it was like it what it did not present Monster Hunter World the best the best way that you know the fans were expecting. So I guess you know that on top of not getting Double Cross, which you know GU now, you know for for the yeah. consoles, you know that. It was just kind of like a series of little things that piled up and then just led to a powder cake where everybody was just like, and just rage. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like that's another thing that annoys me about fanboy culture is that, and this is not even just fanboys, but, well, I mean, it sort of ties in with anticipating entertainment, like new announcements, exactly. new movies, yada, 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 is there's some people who can't fucking control themselves and have to freak out over every speck of information. Like, oh my god, this means everything's destroyed. Um, yep. <laughs> like... Right. Uh, I mean, I get very sweeped up in hype culture for E3 and game awards and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't. 
it's good to be excited about something, but it's not good to be super angry about something. But I will admit, Diablo Immortal v- made me very upset. <laughs> well, I mean, just maybe you shouldn't. Maybe people shouldn't freak out over like a two-minute trailer, like the first two-minute announcement trailer for something, because yeah, it just like if you if you go to the like postmortem for Monster Hunter World, and there's a lot about Monster Hunter, but they literally say translated uh, the directors say we made this trailer to showcase all of the new elements in world and it's not it's not like a monster hunter trailer it's they like right. new features trailer they showed like the trees and the and the new mounting system and the slinger and the new environmental takedown things mm-hmm. and it wasn't a lot right. of like do- dodge hit strike combat stuff yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like when I saw it, I mean, like I was intrigued by it. I wasn't upset, but I also at the same time wasn't like super duper excited. I was really happy about like some of like the uh, the the quality of like changes with, especially with like the combat system that they had for the new game, including like the turf wars. I was oh, I was really happy about that because after oh yeah, that too. Getting back from like double rejang fights, you know. You look, yeah, you look forward to the are... monsters beating the crap out of each other now. It's like, oh, what a godsend. They showed, uh, they showed a bunch <laughs> of those. Except for Teostra and Lunastra. They have a super <laughs> mega attack. Yeah, that's that's just <laughs> peachy. I li- actually like that attack. It's really cool. AKA it's run- it's <laughs> a attack, but I hate it. <laughs> AKA yeah. run out the, uh, the Lunastra story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, okay. Like a like a Code raid. It's like run out, get out of the fire. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If I could just go on a bit more about fan cult- or about the whole fanboy topic. Sure. It, besides the very serious stuff like Gamergate harassing women because they don't like people saying Happy Holidays or <laughs> or like uh, you know just your, your normal like harassment, bullying, untoward behavior. Besides that very serious stuff, it annoys me when fan bases sort of like disappear down the wormhole of like really valuing things that don't matter, like like uh, Monster Hunter lore, like taking that over like the the structural and development based concerns of like monster skeletons and uh, budget and development time. Like lore is never going to supersede like, what it takes to make video games. Or in Zelda, like, people who value the timeline above all else. It's like, if you actually play Zelda games, the timeline oh, doesn't yeah. matter. There's a chronology in Zelda games. Wind Waker is after Ocarina of Time references. Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, similar. But they're not... Right. They don't, like, get into, like, okay, so uh, tell us where Spirit Tracks was while you're playing Skyward Sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it doesn't right. doesn't matter. ABGN, really. I think, covered a video on that like before, like the official timeline book came out. So he was like, "Yeah, we God. have a sequel to the original, a prequel to the original, a sequel to the prequel, and then we have a, a prequel to the prequels prequel. Then we have a sequel to the prequels prequel that is like mutually exclusive to the prequels prequel." And then we're Wait, all what? like, "What?" Wow. <laughs> like, what is going on? 
Zelda, like, you're broken. <laughs> and for the record, Breath of the Wild has references like DLC gear uh, for all of the timelines of Zelda. And the producer said, yeah, no, it's just sort of like it all happened in the past, and this is, like, the future. <laughs> like, that's all they... They didn't overthink it like all the yeah. fans have been doing for years. Yeah, let's make a new game, but we'll make it in the past. It's like no, no, Breath of the Wild's not in the past. Don't. It's not. It's in the future. It's not. Yeah, thank God, thank God. They broke Skyward Sword. Broke the, Skyward Sword is the prequel. Yep. <laughs> anyway, jeez, yeah. stop making <laughs> Those... prequels! God damn it! <laughs> like I, I just kind of get annoyed when fans get obsessed over sort of insubstantial elements of a game like oh yeah i agree or of a fandom like um i mean there's a there's a huge like le- you know backlash on the diablo you know debacle with uh diablo 3 everyone's like oh it looks cartoony like wow it's like it's supposed to be dark and gritty and it's like yeah mood was a thing in diablo but like already diablo 2 straight away from diablo 1 as far as dark and gritty so like i don't get oh it needs to be dark and gritty like diablo 2 that was perfect i was like have you ever been to act 2 like in the desert that's like the brightness meter turned up to a thousand like yeah i remember that (laughs) like the only dark parts are like when you're in like the dungeons in the desert area like even then right right and even then, it's like a dirt tunnel. Yeah. How is that dark and moody? Like, uh, I, uh, like, uh, I do sympathize with that a bit because, like, art style isn't totally insubstantial. Like, I, I am myself annoyed that they turn but... Zelda into like anime style. Like, looks like Overwatch I or mean, whatever else now. Well, there's one thing. The the one thing that I have a problem with, you know, like th- that specifically, the, like all oh, the dark and moody stuff. It's like the mo- the dark themes and mood didn't leave Diablo 3 at all. You're going through a freaking torture dungeon where there's strung up bodies everywhere. And it's like a chest is like you click a torture machine, it pulls a guy's legs off. How is that not dark? (laughs) (laughs) You don't see that in Looney Tunes cartoon. Like, I mean, like, yeah, it's brighter so I can see. Like... (laughs) Yeah, it's like, let's play this game with like an all black screen. It's like, this game is so dark. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I don't have anything else to say about fanboyism or anything else. What about you guys? I think I've exhausted my... Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been accused of being a fanboy. Like, on a lot of fronts. It's really funny. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Well, well, we'll wrap it up there, then. Um, so, this is... Uh, Forts One signing off, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at HuntersHubPod. Uh, you'll see a dash Forts One. I do want to give a shout out to Wolfie Melon for doing our music still. Yeah. Um, forgot to do that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, she's been she's been great just providing the music for free. Um, so you know, go listen to her. She's awesome. She's got way more YouTube subscribers than we have <laughs> <laughs> listeners <All> combined. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's that's been. Uh, awesome to have her support but uh uh and then something else i wanted to say is check out um our other show uh side quest which you know didn't go on hiatus it's our video game book club if you're interested so play along with us and um see how we feel about a game 
Uh, we're doing a hat in time, uh, and we'll be recording that hopefully soon and releasing it soon. So, uh, but um, I will see you guys in the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Haru? Uh, I'll be at Akane'sDeadGran on Twitter. And just another plug for Wolfie Melon. She's she has a Twitter, YouTube. They're how you mm -hmm. spell her uh, username. And she just put out new songs, even re uh, recently, like a cover of Astera and that uh, the hub theme. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty good. Yeah. So, Morg, what about you? And uh, Morg Daddy, uh, where yeah. are we going to find you? You can find me on Twitter. I am uh, at MorganHay3. So, yeah, you can check me out. Um, I'm going to be uh, making some more YouTube videos, including... Uh, a uh, Skyrim run where I take easy mode and make it deliberately hard. Uh, I'm also doing a very poor run of Dark Souls where uh, my, my kid brother is uh, going to be game seat, uh, yeah, backseat gaming me the whole way into frustration. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've also got uh, an Atalka video on the way. Um, that one's going to be pretty fun. Um, if you like uh, Warframe memes, uh, you're going to love that one. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, Atal Ka is pretty much they heck, you know, because he gets his uh, giant uh, chicken mech suit. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you guys are going to like it a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds like 2019 is going to be good. Yeah, let's hope. Oh my gosh, it is. I keep forgetting it's like the first day of the new year. Uh, that's, I, that's so I nice. stayed up way too late. You, you guys are still young enough to vote. The totality <laughs> of possibilities. It, it's just like. Am I not older? We're just like we're just like three weeks away from another fucking tsunami in Indonesia that kills like a billion people or whatever. Or worse. <laughs>